Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like, so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test. And then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me. Cause I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that today's guest is alex i loved interviewing him alex helps light workers empaths and spiritual down-to-earth folks like you access your intuition and connect with your spirit guides so you can get clarity on your inner truths and find your state of flow on your life path. He works with individuals and practitioners to manage your empathetic gifts, find answers, but life and businesses in alignment with your soul purpose. We go into so many cool things in this interview from him leaving his career as a performer, how he was able to tap into his intuition when his gifts started to appear, multidimensional healing, are we all intuitive, and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Alex, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there. 
Well, thank you, Sophia. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm really excited to talk about this. I, it's funny because I just turned 39. So thinking back to my 20s seems like this chapter, which I, I don't remember a lot. <laughs> no, but there, there were, it was definitely a lot of shit show moments for sure. My, my whole life pretty much was mapped out from the age of five, six up until college with the plan of, you know, I was a performer. Like I grew up with a theater background, it was everything I knew. And I went to college to, to study theater and musical theater. I went to a performing arts high school. I mean, that was like my whole identity was carved out about being an actor. And I was going to, after college, I was going to graduate. I was going to do the whole, you know, working actor thing in New York City. And I mean, that was my life. That was literally all I knew. That was my only passion. And I remember like kind of starting to feel like things were not really, the passion was kind of like dissolving. Like I remember my sophomore year of college and I was just like not wanting to go to class. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like doing bad. I just like that, that feeling of, oh, this isn't really fun anymore. And I remember I got this job at a local boutique in town and I was like having so much more fun working retail than I was performing. And I was like, this is, this is some, something's off and pretty much all came crashing down. I decided, you know, ultimately to drop out of college, stop pursuing my goal of theater. And I, uh, with the help of my family, I had to move back home and I had no clue what I was going to do. And that was, that was like my, my moment of like, what do I do? Like, that was the only thing I ever knew. It was the only thing I ever thought. It was the only thing I ever was passionate about or envisioned myself doing. And I definitely went through, you can say like a dark night of the soul, trying to find myself again and find what light, you know, what really lights me up. And it took me a long time to get to where I was, to where I am now, to reconnecting back to things that I, I forgot were there all along. It's like, you know, the Wizard of Oz Dorothy journey where, you know, Glinda had to send her on the, that path of that heroine or hero's journey and, you know, remembering all the things she knew that she had all along. And it was kind of like refining those qualities in myself of things that, oh, I actually always really did like doing this intuitive work. And there were always those common threads. I just kind of shut off all of that for so long. I forgot. And uh, it took me a long time to remember that I do have these other gifts and that there are other parts of me that I hadn't explored. And uh, so that was probably my most pivotal, pivotal moment. Does that, does that answer your question? It does. It does. And I would love to go back to letting go of theater. And, you know, you thought you were supposed to do this thing. You thought it was going to work out. You get into it and you realize it's exactly not what you thought it would be. And you thought it would be entirely different. And I love to go into like that moment for you. Did you have any scarcity come up around letting it go? Or maybe I'll like it eventually, or maybe I should just see where it goes or like take us into like that moment for you. There was a little bit of scarcity around, well, maybe it's just the school I don't like, you know, maybe if I were just to go, you know, go to New York right now and just start auditioning, I would like it. And then I remember like, while I was thinking that, and I, you know, I was, um, 
I was cast in a show at the time and I wasn't like a lead role, but it was a feature role you could say. And I was just like, sucks. Like I'm supposed to be loving going to rehearsals and performing and here I am dreading and not even caring. And I also, at that same time, a friend of mine from college was working with uh, an agency in the city and getting a lot of commercial work. And he was like, I talked to you about my agent, you know, they're really interested in you. And, you know, I, I eventually they wanted to bring me on. And I was like, that's like the actor's dream is to be like, I've got an agent, you know, and that getting your step in the door. And I was, I just remember like, I had no desire. I was like, I don't care. Like I, I should be excited by this, but it doesn't, it's just like, what am I doing? I'm like supposed to be sending them these headshots and resumes and they're going to send me on castings and I'm here I am. Like I have no interest. And, and that's when I realized it. it doesn't matter if I go to New York. It doesn't matter if I go to a different school. Like this just isn't me anymore. I, I was kind of like putting on this persona and carrying this kind of archetype that I, I had for so long, which is what I thought you know, my purpose was, which it, it wasn't really now looking back in hindsight, oh my gosh, there's so many amazing gifts. And I'm so grateful for the experiences of having been a performer. And I have carried so much of these lessons into the work I do now, but yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of kind of like, it is this like, am I really feeling this way? Or is it just the circumstances? And, you know, maybe if I did this, but you know, ultimately it came to me really having to be comfortable with that uncomfortableness and that fear of what is my life going to be like if I don't do this? Cause I have no backup plan. You know, I always have been told, you know, what's your backup plan, you know, you know, not one. So it, it was, it was definitely a, a really scary and frightening time. And then, so you moved back home, what sort of jobs did you start doing? Or like, when did your intuition kind of come in? Or did it take a while for it to come in of like, maybe I should start doing this? It took a while, like a big while. I mean, I remember I came back and I was like, I don't want to go back to school. And so I, I, I mean, I had every job from like a dishwasher to I worked retail in, the, in a department store in the mall. I went through this phase where I ended up going back to school for literally a week and then I dropped out again. And it took me a while. It really did. And I finally decided to pursue a uh, career doing hair and cosmetology, I thought, you know, that's something I can kind of see myself doing. And for a while, I, you know, it was, it was great. Things were going well. I was enjoying it, but there was always that feeling like something, there's something else that is missing. And that's when I really started remembering the, the intuitive stuff and the spirituality. And I've just always kind of felt like I've been this perpetual student of personal development even while I was kind of, you know, floundering or that in that flux stage of, of leaving theater before I did hair, working these odd jobs, I was, you know, listening to, you know, um, like Tony Robbins and inspirational stuff. And, but I wasn't really putting it into practice. I was kind of absorbing it. And I was like, well, that's interesting, but you know, and it definitely took a long time for me really it was almost all of my all of my 20s was finding myself and so it was it was definitely a, a transitional cycle phase that i i went through and when you were younger did these gifts start happening like is there a specific moment when you were younger where you 
talked to someone or saw something or like, was there a specific moment for you when it all started? Yeah, the gifts were pretty much always there. I remember going, like my earliest memory was probably four. And I would say to my parents that I was seeing shadow people. That's what I called it at that age. Because I was seeing and I was physically seeing with, with, with my 3D eyes, this wasn't in my mind's eye. I was, I was seeing figures in my room and in our house and they look like shadow people. And I was always, you know, could never sleep at night. It was my parents were like, oh, bad dream, you know, or you, or you watch something on TV, you know, which is, you know, common, I think, with a lot of people who grew up you know, sensitive like me or intuitive. But as I got older, I am, I am really fortunate looking back that in the, the grand scheme of things, my, my parents, or I should say my mom specifically, did help to foster that intuition inside of me. I remember there was a local kind of new age shop in town and she would take me, we would look at crystals. She would let me pick out a crystal and I remember getting a, an intuitive reading when I was probably like, you know, 12 or 13 and thinking like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. And uh, I remember probably around 14 that my friend's sister gifted me uh, a tarot deck. And that was like the coolest thing ever. And then from then on, I just started teaching myself how to read cards. I would go to the bookstore or library and just like sit in the, that section and read everything I could on, you know, spirituality and metaphysical uh, stuff. So it was always part of my, my childhood up until, you know, high school, you know, college, I just didn't talk about it. You know, there were really not many friends that I shared that with. So years later, when I kind of, you know, came out of the spiritual closet, you can say people were like, I never knew you did that. And I was like, yeah, I always did. I just never talked about it. But uh, it definitely was always a part of my life especially as a young kid, when I was seeing those shadow people. And I remember a couple of years, maybe like four, four or five years ago, I remember going um, on a retreat, taking a class, a psychic development mediumship class. And I remember hearing other people in the class saying that when they were kids, they saw shadow people. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't the only one. I felt like I had like gone to Hogwarts and met like, like, oh, there are people like me. Like I wasn't the only little kid seeing you know, shadow figures. So it definitely gave me a little validation that, you know, that was, that was always there. And do you, do you think we're all intuitive or do you think it's only some people are intuitive or what's your thoughts about that? You know, I think this is a big myth that I, I see a lot that there's this concept that, you know, you're born psychic or it's a gift and I don't even really like the word gift. And while that might be for some people that, you know, your grandmother was psychic or your, your mom is extremely intuitive. That may be the case for them, but I truly believe that we are all intuitive beings. We all have the ability to tune in to our own intuition. And I always like to say that it's really not a sixth sense. I think it's our first sense. I think it's our first and primary sense. And I do think our intuition is really also deeply rooted and connected into our instincts. So I think it's just about learning how to tune in to these very subtle feelings and how it shows up with each person is going to be different. You know, it might show up for some people just like a gut feeling you know, they meet a new person and they just, you know, we happen, we, we, we have intuitive encounters every day, you know, first impressions, 
those are often very intuitive. You just have that feeling about someone, right? You meet, might be a good or bad feeling. So I, I think we are a hundred percent intuitive. I think it's just like anything else. It's, it's a muscle, it's a skill. You know, anybody can learn to play the piano, but are you, we're not all going to become a concert pianist, right? So it's about learning to embrace it. If, if you want, if it interests you and, you know, listening, tuning in. And for you, did you notice there's ever a period of time where your gifts kind of shut off or have they been like consistently there for you? That's a good question. I, I would say for the most part, it's consistently there. But I, I will say that sometimes it's, it, it's as if you kind of go intuition tone deaf, where you're like, ah, oh, I'm not getting any guidance. I don't I can't connect. And, and I think that's common. I think that's normal. We live in such a busy world like these days. It's, we're so hyper-connected. There, things are happening at such a fast pace. So I do think it's not uncommon for even the most skilled, intuitive person who you know teaches this or practices from time to time to feel like, I'm just not connecting. But I think like anything, we might get into like a slump or I think it's just a temporary thing. I, don't, I, I honestly think it's more of a mindset shift and what we perceive to be as a block than what is actually the inability to connect. I think that really is always there. And is there anything you do when you notice that's kind of like not as consistent or you kind of feel like a block coming up around your intuition? You know, sometimes I'll just, I'll just step away from it. You know, I'll be like, I think sometimes that it's good to say, you know what, enough with, I'm going to take a break from all the spiritual work. I'm not going to, I'm going to give myself permission to not meditate or not work on this program or course that I'm creating. And I'm just going to just be normal and watch Netflix or do something totally opposite and just disconnect. And that usually that little break or disconnection or, or unplugging, I usually find is enough that, that it gives me that kind of recharge. So when I do come back, I feel like I'm in tune. I think also like going outside in nature, spending some time outdoors is one of the best ways to recharge. I think for anybody, I think we all feel a little bit better if we just get some good fresh air or if we're outdoors and at the beach or wherever you're like happy place in nature, I think that's a good place for, for most people to, to recharge and ground and kind of come back to their center. And for someone who's maybe a bit skeptical about like being intuitive or their own intuition or something like that, where do you think is like a good place for them to start? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I, I love skepticism. You know, my, I'm never here to change people's minds or to force them to see things. I, I would never want to do that. But I would just remind people that we've all had these moments of inner knowing. And I, I, I maybe want to just clarify first that an intuition isn't this Hollywood thing that we think like Elvis is going to come talk to us. It's not this booming voice from outside of us. Our intuition is us. And I think we don't realize or we expect it to be this grandiose big thing, or we think we're only going to be getting an intuition if it's this loud thing saying, you have to do this. And it's so subtle that I would just encourage people to tune into the subtle, subtle feelings because intuition is a feeling. There's a feelings frequency associated with it. So for example, like if, if you're just getting the urge to just take a, a day where you're like, you know what, I just feel like I just need to take it slow today, or I need to maybe 
I shouldn't be doing that. Or maybe I should be, I think I'm just going to go this way to work, even though I usually go that way. You know, it's these very subtle, subtle things. And the voice of our intuition is so easily dismissed because it sounds like us, but it is us. It is the voice of us. It's just what I like to say. It's more, it's a more elevated, it's a more calmer kind of quiet version of our highest self. So I think it just really begins with tuning in and, and, and being willing to carve out maybe a minute or two minutes a day to just quiet your mind, not even meditate and just, just close your eyes and just tune into your body into your, your heart and your feeling. And, you know, what is your body feeling in that moment, that moment, you know, are you feeling a lot of tension and begin to just tune into those subtle energies because that's where you can tune into your intuition. It's not in your head. It's not outside of you. It's in you. And it's, it's really about tapping into that, that space of your heart, which is, it's that feeling space. Mm. That is interesting because it is so subtle. Is there any way to turn it up or is it always just very subtle? You know, I will say it is usually subtle. You can ask for signs. And that's, this is what I love asking, you know, working with higher guidance and or spiritual guides. And you, you can, you ask, you can ask for signs and then ask for validation and you will get them. And that might show up, might not always show up right away, but you know, you can ask the universe, you know, give me a sign that I'm supposed to be doing this, or am I on the right track? And Every time I, I do that, I, I always get some sort of symbol or a sign or hear a song that'll come on the radio or something that will trigger that memory. Like, oh yeah, that's what that is. So I, I but again, it, it is subtle, but I think it, like anything, it just takes that practice about having that willingness to listen. Because once you start, once you really start acknowledging it, it becomes so much easier to, to see these signs. And then you start seeing you know, synchronicities, you start seeing all these other things and it becomes just like the floodgates open and you're like, oh, I get it. This, this is it. But I think we're so used to thinking it's like the sixth sense or or like the movie, the sixth sense or Hollywood stuff, where it's just big and booming. And and it's, that's really not like that. Now of all the personal development work you've done, if you had to narrow it down to one thing that really changed your life, what would that one thing be? Hmm. Oh gosh, that's, that's a tough one because they've certainly have all led to defining moments and paths. Uh, I think that for me, out of all the personal development things that I've done that have helped the most was investing in coaching for myself. You know, I can't, it's how can I expect people to want to work with me as a coach if I'm not willing to make that investment in my own training. So working with mentors, working with my own coach, a business coach, personal coach, really, even before I was in this industry, from when I was doing hair to theater, I can really say the, the times that I, I seek, I look for mentorship and found really good teachers. I think those were the most important things. And I think we can only go do things on our own for so long before we really need that next level. So for me, I think it was truly making the decision to commit to working with a coach for myself. That's when I really noticed the most shifts in my business personally. Yeah. I think finding a good mentor, it's, 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 it's really, uh, it's a next level thing and um, something I would definitely recommend. 
And what's something you think people don't know about spirituality? I think that that it's really about you. It's not about it's not religion. You know, it's it, it's not it's it's about finding what spirituality means for you and finding your own daily spiritual practice. I don't believe in a cookie cutter size fits all sitting in lotus position, you know, meditating 20 minutes a day. That's not for everyone. Absolutely. So I love that there are so many different methods. There's so many different tools. There's so many different ways to go about finding that we hear it referred to as flow or finding that inner space. A lot of meditation teachers will call it the sweet spot. And and I think it's not, it's like I said, it's not a one size fits all. And I think that's why I love spirituality is because we all can find what our own spirituality is and it, it's going to be different for everyone. And it's not, it's, it's really up to you. And I think that's the beauty of, of spirituality. If you choose to you know, make that decision to incorporate some element of, of having a daily spiritual practice, whatever that might be. So yeah, that, that's, that's what I would suggest. And what is multidimensional healing? What is that? So I think really for a lack of a better word, multidimensional healing, you know, you hear a lot of, or maybe some of your listeners haven't, but you know, there are, there's traditional healing like Reiki. There are classic energy type healings like from the East, like Tai Chi, which is a blend of martial arts and Qigong, which have systems, which have they, which is a way that they've been taught for years. And, you know, there's a methodology to it. Multidimensional healing to me is a little bit more of a free flow way of healing. It could incorporate many different modalities. It, um, it, you can create your own. I think it's just a broader term of utilizing some form of a healing energy doesn't have to be under the constraints of you have to do it X, Y, Z. Now, of course, I'm always a principle of follow, you know, getting good training, learning techniques, following systems, and, and then you can kind of play outside the box. But I think multidimensional healing, I think is the next level of healing that I think a lot of what I'm seeing people in the spiritual community are drawn to now are learning healing techniques and tools that are kind of, and I don't mean any respect to people who are doing, you know, I'm going to use Reiki as an example, but it's kind of like beyond Reiki and moving into new, newer types of healing. So for instance, I've a method that I've trained in is called sacred soul alignment. And I've recently have created own modality that I'm starting to teach and certify people in. So I think there's, there's, it's just a broader way of doing healing services. And what is sacred soul healing? Sacred soul alignments is uh, an amazing healing tech, um, healing methodology, which I'm trained in and certified in. And the creator, her name is Alicia Hartzell. Um, and they are alignments or activations which are made up of, of, of energy. So I like to think of them as like little packets. They, they, they're kind of packets of energy creations that are meant for different things. And you can run these alignments for physical things, for emotional well-being, for intuition. And they can create very subtle shifts on the energy level to help you, for instance, open your intuition, 
to feel more grounded. I mean, there's probably hundreds and hundreds of these alignments. So when I'm working with people one-on-one, sometimes I will bring in these alignments to facilitate healing on a deeper level, to help people clear some limiting beliefs, clear some energy that might be needing to be cleared, cutting some cords, and also bringing in some energy, downloading specific frequencies and energies that people might want to to incorporate or that might be beneficial for, for them. And do you think we ever reach a point where we're done healing or what do you think about that? I'm not sure. You know, I think that we, we all came here. I think that, you know, I kind of see earth as like a school, like an earth school. And I think a large reason, I believe a large reason for souls even choosing to incarnate and be here is for the lessons that we have to learn in our lifetime. So I do believe there's always going to be an element of healing or learning, but I, I, I kind of see it as like, you're peeling back the layers of an onion. So you're going to, you know, you might learn something and you might work through some trauma that might've come up or healed something. And it's like, you're peeling those layers off, you're peeling those layers off. You're going deeper and deeper. So in a sense, I don't see it like you're going to, you're going backwards. Like you, you, you know, you need to reheal things, but I do believe that, you know, as long as we're here, you know, we, we haven't, you know, ascended yet. So I do think that there's always going to be something to work on. And I I do think this is an earth school. So yeah, we, I think we do, we did definitely come here for the lessons and the learning opportunities provided here. And for all of our life lessons, I think they're, they're all teaching moments. And when you're like talking to all these different people, can you pick up on everyone's energy and can you read everyone or how does that work for you? You know, it was, it was um, harder when I was first starting out and harder in the sense that I would get more overwhelmed by, by feeling so much energy. You know, I used to never love to, I always considered myself an introvert and I never loved to go out to large events because it was just way too overwhelming. I would just feel so sensitive and I never understood that was why that was part of it because I was just feeling too much of the, the, the energies. I would never, though, like just read someone. I, I don't think that's an ethical thing to do. So, and and now it's more, I have to have intention behind it. So I'm not really picking up on anything from anybody unless I, my intention is to have a session with really with them on one-on-one. Now, sure, I might get an intuition on somebody. I meet, you know, a brand new person or, or whatnot, but that's not my goal you know, as I'm going to the grocery store, I'm certainly not connecting with someone's loved ones or, you know, connecting to a spirit when I'm randomly out in public going on my day-to-day life. Uh, So, so no, but, and as far as now, I definitely feel like I've I've kind of fine-tuned and found that balance of using my skills without feeling like I'm overwhelmed or I'm exhausted by it or drained, but there will certainly be times, you know, when I, I do need to kind of take a break or I will get a little extra tired of it. It, it does happen, but I've, I like to think I've, I've, I have built up that muscle for it, but yeah, but no, I'm not like randomly, you know, going up to people and like your, your, your grandmother's with you and she has a message, you know, I, I definitely have boundaries around the work I do. And I think that, you know, my spirit team and my, my, my guides on the other side respect that. So there's never that, that dynamic. Mm. 
Mm. And is there anything that helped you with going into crowds and picking up all that energy? Is there any tips that you or anything that you learned from that experience that made it easier the next time? Or You know, what I found is that boundaries are a big thing for people who are highly sensitive or who might identify as empathic. So I have found that if we have really weak or if we have poor boundaries, then that's going to also link over to what I call our psychic boundaries or energy boundaries. So for me, it really made me realize, and okay, I need to, A, start to strengthen my boundaries and, you know, where are some relationships where people are, are maybe are taking advantage of, of me or friendships that are just one-sided or people who are draining my energy and learning how to be more assertive I think could be a a helpful thing for people who are sensitive or empathic because it will help them to feel like they can have a little bit stronger boundaries. And, you know, assertiveness isn't aggression. It's not passive aggression. It's, it's that confidence and kind of standing up for yourself. So help. So boundaries was a big thing for helping me not feeling so overwhelmed, but I do think there are some practical things you can do. And in that could be a visualization. Something that I learned from a teacher of mine was, uh, so our third chakra which is also called our solar plexus, is is our stomach. So that's where we feel like those gut feelings. So I would often visualize like, you know, like a a WWE wrestler, they wear those wrestling belts. I would imagine I was putting on like, like a mirrored, uh, like a mirrored wrestling belt that had a mirror that would reflect outwards with a lot of bright light. So if I was going somewhere that I was feeling like, I knew I was going to be sensitive or overwhelmed. I would like visualize putting on that, my energy WWE wrestling belt. And that would just kind of, kind of protect that, that third chakra, that solar plexus. So you're not absorbing too much. You can visualize, you know, just a lot of white light energy around you. That could be helpful for people. Even almost another good visualization is to visualize almost like a glass wall. So if you're feeling like you're around someone and they're, draining you just I always just see like oh putting up my glass wall so not allowing their stuff to to come to me Mm, I love that and what is something that you're learning right now what I'm learning right now is how to go deeper with the higher guidance that I'm receiving so it's I feel like I'm coming full circle in a way you know I started out by seeing the shadow people I Earlier in my career, I started, I I did mediumship, which is connecting to loved ones. And I was, and then I closed that door and I I was like, you know what? It just didn't really resonate with me. I switched into coaching, which is where the bulk of my work is now. But I feel like I'm moving back into the world of kind of mediumship, but not in the sense of connecting to loved ones, but channeling and bringing through messages from what I call higher guidance or guides or being a channel and sharing information uh, of really light of how people can continue to move forward during these challenging transitional times. Cause I do feel like we are going through a lot of shifts and a lot of awakenings are happening for people. So coaching is still a main part of my work, but I think a big next part of my work will be bringing through some channeling and helping people to also connect deeper in their own higher guidance and intuition. And what is something that you're excited about? right now? You know, I'm excited about the potential for what we still have to create amongst this COVID times. 
I think that a lot of people that I've talked to have actually said that 2020 was some of the best years they've had. You know, amongst, I know that sounds crazy because of, of all the awful things that have happened, but I do think that there's so much that we still have the potential to tap into and create and, and manifest for ourselves. And I think if we, if we, you know, navigate in that lane of the light is what I call it, we can really ultimately create what we want. And, and I really do think that as much of this awful stuff has been happening, I think it is making way and creating space for, for some really beautiful things happening in our society and our cultures. And I think for people themselves, I, I do think people are feeling this urge on the soul level, whether you're a spiritual person or not, to kind of step up and, and step up to your potential. And I, I do, I just think people are feeling that, that call to do something more. And, and that excites me. Mm-hmm. And what is something that most people don't know about you? Oh gosh, that, um, let's see. Uh, I'm an adventure seeker. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that counts, but I, I love anything that gets my adrenaline going. And oh, something that people, most people don't know currently is I am going through my uh, yoga teacher training. So I haven't really talked about that publicly yet. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I discovered a method called yin yoga and I was dealing with um, a health challenge and it really helped me so much with my health that I decided to go through the training and whether or not I ended up ever teaching it, I'm not sure yet, but I'm excited and I'm really loving it. And it's a fun journey. I love being a student. So that's, that's, that's what's what I'm going through presently. And I have a final question for you. If you were to go back in time and talk mm-hmm. to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell him? I would probably tell him that he didn't do anything wrong and that everything that he learned was still valid and that the lessons in that were going to benefit him in the years forward. And that even though through those dark times that there were going to be some really amazing memories that came out of it and that, that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to want to stop doing something and it's okay to not know what's next. I think so much we have, we feel like we have to have that pressure to know what is my next step. And I think sometimes the message is that that is the message is not knowing. And for me going back, I I would definitely reassure him that it's okay that you don't know your path right now that now is the time to play. Now is that time to rediscover and find yourself and know that things do come full circle. Thank you so much for doing this. You're so welcome. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. Awesome. And where can we find you online? So you can find me um, on my website, which is alexlevy, L-E-V-Y, online.com or over on Instagram at alexlevy underscore intuitive. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.